0: of the not quite fall season how y'all doing out there in the podcast internet land thank you as always for listening to another installment of the KG fifth Water wildcat and doc podcast let's get right into it mr consult reporter yes sir? Name, sir i'm ready
1: today and don't sound so solemn and formal today this is
0: the three of us and this is what we do sir oh trust me when we get to my good friend background <laughs> the longhorn formalities will be out the window there we go
1: woke up there let's see the first day on the line we got some scores today we we got a lot of scores today football yesterday was a good day for a round for the the local folks well for one at least but let me get started Sam Houston State 55 TSU 17 Sam Houston State scored 27 points in the second quarter to get moving up and uh, past Texas Southern and lead them in the, in the dust hBU won a game yesterday scored some points. 52 to 28 over oh, Waylon Baptist Rice came came back from.
0: Hold on, hold on, Wildcat, hold on. What? You, you kind of just glossed over that, that victory for the Huskies? Kind of. I'm getting it. I'm gonna get
1: into it. now.
2: Get I'm gonna on, get I into it. I mean, that's it.
0: the first win in program history right. out of only two games they played. They got the first win after two tries, and so you just kind of like who the yeah, the accomplishment? Ain't Come ain't on, really? man. You know that's a big
1: hey. that's a big deal. You know what? I'm glad you all mentioned it like that because beforehand, the other week when they got the slam bastard against San Houston State, you all went into the...
0: Well, we expected them to get rocked by San Francisco State, you know, but my goodness.
1: I'm glad you all are getting into the... following into the fold and all. They made a... it was a long bus ride. <laughs> they got back here this morning, from what I understand, just before daybreak. They had a good... it was a good ride up there and a good ride back. Rice came back uh, from... Came back from, uh, from, against Texas, uh, against, I'm sorry, not against Texas. Could have, <laughs> what they're playing right now. <laughs> oh yeah, we all just piling on now. Oh yeah, we just getting started. <laughs> start, start, yeah. uh, it was Rice 23, Kansas 14, two years in a row back to back, Kansas just can't find a way to get past those Rice out. And then the biggie that, uh, kind of like was strange, and only Doc can explain <laughs> what happened. It was Southern 62, PV 59, Southern scores 29 points in the fourth quarter, and Doc will give you a, a background on what happened. But uh, on last week we had some, some volleyball going on, and every team in town went down in tournament play this weekend. I'm going to just read off the, the schools, not the scores: TSU, Prairie View, HBU, U of H, Rice, and St. Thomas all lost in tournament uh, play this uh, this past weekend. Men's soccer, HBU beat IUP. PUI, 2-1 on the road, and St. Thomas, University of St. Thomas beat Spring Hill 1-0 as a home win. Women's soccer, Rice roll on Lamar 5-3, when the nightmare this time. Uh, TSU didn't play this week, they uh, this week, and HBU plays U of H tonight at 7pm at Sorrel Field at HBU. Now, Doc, tell us what happened, because when I looked up, PV was up by two touchdowns, and then I, when I checked back, I saw that score. Doc, tell me what happened.
3: Yeah, I was actually there, but before we get started on that, you mentioned TSU not playing soccer this week. Uh, if you hadn't heard the news, uh, the coach, former women's soccer coach, is no longer the head coach. She got dismissed last week, going the middle of the week. Uh, she had some major problems when they went down to Austin last week with her attitude in terms of – what transpired in that game, and ultimately, once it was reviewed by the athletic director at Texas Southern University, it was such an egregious act that it was causal for her dismissal. So, as you know, the soccer coach over there. Right.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, At times, uh, in in games, she can get animated. Uh, Tamara, uh, I I can't pronounce her, her last name, and I won't butcher it. But, uh, it's Tamara, is her first name. But, and she fu- was formerly the head uh, soccer coach at, uh, Grambling before she came to Texas Southern. You know, it, she won
3: a championship while she was at Grambling. One of the reasons that she made the move over to Texas Southern, because Texas Southern wants, you know, to get into the championship field in terms of, uh, having competitive programs. And she was building in that direction. There was some question about that building in terms of what was going on this year. It did some excellent recruiting. Uh, for women's soccer, but uh in in terms of this business it's not only what you do on the field but also cool. obviously off the field in terms of your attitude and especially in coach. Tamra, Tamra. Tamra. Tamara. Crawley, Crawley. Marie. Crawley. And so uh she's no longer there, but just wanted to give an update that. Now on to the football field where it seems like uh everybody in the world except for your team can actually uh um, put up all kinds of points on offense. I don't know. If anybody has remembered how to play defense, I don't know if it's with so many rules changes or people just no longer want to tackle or what's going on. But as you talked about in that game, Prairie was literally in total control at one point. It was 35-13 to 13, uh, going in the fourth, uh, into the fourth quarter. And then Southern Jaguars awoke. Um The lead Doss effect with Trey Joseph just came out of nowhere and, really went crazy. They ended up putting up 625 total yards of offense. Trey Joseph passed for 480 yards. Um So it was interesting to say the least. Uh, in terms of Prayer View, they did it one better, but had a couple of turnovers that were tough. Didn't get a couple of calls on some turnovers that looked quite obvious to most people that were covering the game in the studio, but they looked back and the uh referees would come out and just point down, saying it was down. So everybody in the world was. Um, <clears throat> laughing up in the booth, obviously coaches were going back and forth, but that's what happens when you're on the road, you gotta find a way if you're gonna get it done to put yourself out of harm's way with officials maybe uh making a mistake. That's true. Wherever you did put up seven hundred and seventy two total yards, four hundred and nineteen rushing. Let me say that again. Four hundred and nineteen <laughs> yards rushing.
0: Wow. You sure they weren't playing longhorns that Doc?
3: <laughs> no, but it I mean. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> that was BYU that allowed 500-plus, but it looks like they're in the same category. So, uh, quarterback Jerry Lovelock passed for 353 yards to make sure he got into action. He was 32 of 43 with one touchdown. Uh, the running back, Courtney Brown, rushed for 224 yards on 32 carries, three touchdowns had a long of 32, so they were running rough shot. He caught also three reception for 83 yards. Dante Huberti was also a native of uh, Baton Rouge, uh, did himself proud as he had 153 yards rushing on 22 carries for three touchdowns and had a long of 41 yards. Even Gabe Dunlap got into action receiving the ball with eight receptions for 83 yards and one touchdown. Uh, But the Panthers' defense, again, gave up 625 yards. They still find a way to stay in. The poll because you had three other teams that just got beat up in terms of Alabama a and Bulldogs. They're one and two now. Uh, they got shut out 32 to zero as they traveled to Orangeburg and South Carolina State. The Battle of the Dogs, if you would. Arkansas Pine Bluff Golden Lions, which is a surprise area. I want to get that out there because they were picked, uh, to win the conference after winning the championship last year, having everything back. They dropped to 0 and 3, uh, losing a tough home game 40 to 39. They were down in that game, 21 nothing came, storming back. It looked like they had control, similar to what I was talking about, Prairie View, uh, where they had went up like <clears throat> 39-20, to had a bad kickoff return set up, a play after Alabama State Hornets had called a touchdown. Next thing you know, uh, it's 40-39, and Alabama State is winning with a minute and a half left. Big sack, and game is over, and Golden Lions are trying to figure out what's going on, so keep your eye on that for people in the Western Division it's still wide open between those teams. Howard Bison went one to two, and they got 70 points put up on them. So these 70-point games and offenses the lower. If you want to watch some offense in, you in this area, find a way to get over and check out a SWAT game because at the very least it will be entertaining on the offensive side. Quickly, number nine is Southern. We told you what they did, 62-59. Trey Joseph passed for 480 yards. Um, getting in action, I'll tell you about number seven. Some people from the Houston area ought to be interested about this because all four State Braves are now 2-1. and They defeat Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils, 35-28. to So you see a lot of offense there, which is a Houston product. Quarterback John Gibbs, Jr., passed for 180 yards and two touchdowns, going 18-26 for 26, to let you know what's going on in terms of some area talent. North Carolina Central Eagles. Uh, Although Coach Frazier, that was in this area, is no longer with them, they had a big win as they beat Charlotte 49ers. Now that's a FBS transitional team that it will be in the Conference USA. So I'll throw that out there in terms of those that are interesting and kind of keeping up with Conference USA in the local matter. 40 to 13.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I told <you>. Really, really.
3: <laughs> I'm not finished. At number five, <laughs> Jackson State Tigers. 22. Wait till they
2: bring the ad folks. Wait yeah. till they bring the ad
3: guy. I got more for you. Just listen. One and two, they lost the Tennessee State Tigers, twenty-six to sixteen. This is a game where you can actually go back to defense. The uh, defenses showed up, didn't that more than like two hundred plus yards on total offense? And that's ridiculous to these that you can't put more offense to that. The linebacker Ryan, the, almost the defense is scoring more points than the offense, which is a crazy thing to think about. Linebacker Ryan Griffin had a seventy-eight interception uh, yard interception return for a touchdown, and the Tigers forced. Three turnovers in terms of Jackson State. They also, uh, their offense also gave three turnovers, two counterbalances out. Noted by South Carolina State Bulldogs, they won and two. They defeated Alabama A&M Bulldogs 32-0. to Richard Q passed for 147 yards. Um, in terms of the defense, they held the Bulldogs A and M to 183 total yards, minus three rushing. Oh, another defensive side. It's getting <laughs> interesting now. They forced five turnovers, including three interceptions by linebacker Justin Hughes, <laughs> defensive back Jason Harris. As well as I'm just
1: Adrian gonna pick in. They're playing better the defense in Texas right now. <laughs> I <could hold> it.
3: <laughs> yeah, they are. Number three, Tennessee State Tigers, the ones that defeated the Jackson State, are now two and one. 26 to 16, as I said. Uh, the running backs put up 103 yards, so we'll do it like that. Now the Tigers' defense for six turnovers, so it was a turnover offense in the game. Maybe that's why they couldn't score, oh. including five interceptions. So they were throwing the ball. They just couldn't find the right receiver.
1: Looked like <laughs> look like New England Patriots.
3: <laughs> and number two, you have North Carolina anti-Aggies, 2-0. Now these guys really are interesting. They are defense. Juggernaut, they get it down. They defeated Eloy and Phoenix 23-10, to scoring late in the game to pull away. Lewis Kendall, the quarterback there, with 288 yards, one touchdown, 20-39 in terms of uh, completion and attempt. Running the back, Dominique Drake rushed for 93 yards on 22 carries and a touchdown. And Desmond Lawrence caught 10 receptions for 148 yards. Defense gave up 340 total yards. Not bad. 295 passes. And you know nobody runs the ball, so they stopped them rushing. 45 rushing. And let you're the Longhorns and the Panthers <laughs> giving up all the rushing yards. And number yeah. one, Bethune, the Wildcats, well, I take that back. The Panthers put all the rushing yards. The Southerners and like to give up. But they can hey.
1: say they'll play you in the yeah. and they'll just Everybody, pass over you. Right now, defenses are playing the same way. <laughs> There's no exception from FCS to FBS. Let me give you the last
3: one because this kind of will bring back some of that local flair that we're talking about. Number one, Bethune, Cookman Wildcats. 30-0, first first-place votes. They defeated Florida International Golden Panthers 34-13. to and really stumped them a bit. It wasn't that close, they said. So, um, offensive-wise, running back Anthony Jordan had 152 yards, uh, 21 carries, and a touchdown. Quentin Williams only had 69 yards. They beat him up only having 69 yards by the quarterback passing the ball, 13 carries and one touchdown. And in terms of the Wildcats defense, they held the Golden Panthers to 229 total yards. 156 passing, but only 73 rushing. So people do not run the ball anymore, except if you're against the one.
0: Florida International. Wildcat, aren't they a member of Commerce USA? They
1: coming in here. Yeah, they, you know, they, all these folks from Florida, they was all yak, yak, yak. We're going to show you people in Texas how to play football. I'm looking at these scores and all, and I'm like, now, what? Which young
0: man, which school which was a young man uh, talking about playing uh, games in Houston? Remember the young man, from international from Mr.
1: Robertson. Of uh,
0: Florida Atlantic. Atlantic, okay. And they are coming in. them, because Florida Atlantic beat USF of the ACK, <laughs>
1: 28
0: to 10. And like we mentioned last week's podcast, they'll hey. be known as the ACK until, until basketball
1: season starts. That's because right. Because their well, football is garbage. October 14th is when I start recognizing the, w- the new conference, the, the American, because that'll be women's basketball. And I'm saying that on the honest side because, folks, let's be real. That's true. Because we'll be at right we'll Media now. Day
0: at uh, Mohegan Sun. Wildcat and myself, representing
1: <laughs> the, uh, Houston, the media.
0: Houston media, apparently.
1: Literally. Yes. Um. <laughs> Literally, and I, I got that answer this Literally, unless something happens miraculously, I guess I pronounced that correct. Uh, there won't be anybody but the two young men that are on this podcast right now, KG and the Wildcat. That's that,
0: that's good for us. Yeah. Let me
1: run down these act.
0: Football scores here. The ACC. Maryland from the ACC, soon to be the Big Ten. Beat Connecticut 32 21. That's a loss for the ACC. As we talked about, Florida Atlantic from Carmen USA 28. USF from the ACC 10. Memphis, the ACC 15. Middle Tennessee, I'm not even sure what the Commerce that is, but. Oh, wow. 17, Sun That's right. Sun See, there so many fluctuations waists and moving and moving and shaking.
1: Middle
0: Tennessee? Middle Tennessee, 17. Memphis, 15. Oh no, no, no. no. that's just a conference like win. That's, right. that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Tennessee Martin. That's another conference win over Kelsey. the over the act. <laughs> Cincinnati, 66. Northwestern State, nine. Because it couldn't be Northwestern, I'm sure. UCF. This is the biggest. This is the biggest win for the conference thus far program history. UCF 34,
1: Penn State 31. On the road at Beaver Stadium. And trust me, folks, that, that's not an easy place to go and play. No,
0: it's not.
1: Fordham 30, Temple
0: 29. Temple is part of the act.
1: But it's Fordham.
0: Exactly. Rutgers 28, Eastern Michigan 10. Eastern Michigan is part of the MAC, I believe, right? Correct. And made yep. American. And, the, of course, the, uh, the flagship of the conference for this only year they're in the conference. Louisville, 27, Kentucky, 13, so that's a win over the SEC. Louisville, you know, Teddy
1: Bridgewater, quarterback, Heisman candidate who people have already forgotten about. <laughs> but, uh, you know, still and, I, and I, I feel bad for him because of the situation that he's in. And it's not by his design. I mean, the the conference this year will not help him and the, school, and the program move up to where they need to be. And we all understand. It's, it's, it, even though it's a, it's a popularity situation, it also is controlled by writers from those big major conferences. And right now, the act is not a big major, major conference. That's true. But,
0: that non-conference opponents of you are Ohio, Eastern Kentucky, Kentucky, and Authority International. So if, if you know, or knew ahead of time, that your conference was gonna be average at best, and you have a Heisman candidate, you should have done a better job scheduling your non-conference opponents to, to get him more
1: national recognition. Well, that would have had been do, have been done three, to four years, uh, to five years ago. True. And, and true. The, the the other thing, it goes back to something that he was not a part of, and the coach wasn't a part of the landscape of the conference real, real That hurt also. That's true, but the Big East, Big East football has
0: never been a really big deal. No,
1: it has. Okay.
0: And Ohio, Eastern Kentucky and Florida International have not been football powers for a long, long time. Right. So that's still a fault of the schedule makers getting that done
1: four years ago, five years ago, how long ago it was. Yeah. You put them in a situation where you wanted them to succeed and build some confidence before getting into conference play, as they say. We hear coaches say that all the time. Whether we believe it or not, we just hear them say it. <clears throat> we're going to talk about well, I my, I the uh, horse I'm going to beat, well, the dead horse or the dying horse me, or me, whatever. Let me just dwell about two minutes on the history-making situation on yesterday. I will give a little bit more input do, than I Wildcat, did. Please do Please do. As we all know, you know HBU made a decision a couple of years ago uh to, to get in there to Division One football right. as they were making transition. Yesterday was a historical day. A lot of things happened. It took six minutes and and uh, nine seconds into the game, HBU gets a. uh Touchdown, and now the, the, the program is in the record books, and they just start building in bunches. But Waylon Baptist, who has been playing football in the NAIA level for a while, this is not their first foray in the, in the football, hosted them, had a tennis, it says a, a tennis of 4,000, but they said a, the uh, blue and orange were there, and then dro- uh, they go all the way out to West Texas in the Panhandle, like Plainview, Texas. Folks, I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> Only the doc can understand where I'm coming from. That's a long and hard ride. Oh, it's a long ride. That's a long, hard ride. But, the major thing on yesterday, Craig, of uh, the uh, five or six players I mentioned the other week, uh, in the it uh, stood out in the Sam Houston game, Craig Bell, he had a good day yesterday. Um uh, the, uh, running game had about, had 347 yards on the ground. Wow. They shut out, the defense shut out. Wayland Baptist in the, uh, second half, to no score. They gave up 28 in the first, uh, a lot of uh, superlatives, uh, that to be said. And most of these kids are from the local area, uh, uh, here in the, uh, in the greater Houston area. And I'm talking about not, not Beaumont, like Katy, Pearland, Galveston, uh, Texas City, Houston, inside the, uh, inside the loop and outside, uh, humble area. It was it was just a good day and from what I was told uh this evening when I get there for uh going over or over to HBU for women's soccer, as I mentioned earlier. There's supposed to be a uh gathering of the team coming out to support the uh women's soccer this evening to say hello and just be a part of things.
0: And and, it, and enjoy the kudos that they should be receiving for getting things done. Um Absolutely. I'm looking at the stats here. Or once that quarterback Kadarius Baker, sixteen of twenty three with two hundred sixty two yards and two touchdowns. Is that the young man you yes said sir, few, from Minnesota a few uh, podcasts ago? Mentioned you expect him to start. Yep, see folks, see, folks, we know what we're talking about here on these podcasts. We don't have we don't have we don't have rum dums who have no knowledge, no knowledge bring to the Are, podcast. Say that, to know what say that again, we know we're talking about. Say that again, because
1: apparently when it comes to KD and the field and the wildcat People look at us like, well, they not they not too sure what they're talking about. They hadn't been in this business long enough. They they don't know anything about college sports. They just around here just on the internet. That's all they doing. K D, we we've we've heard that we've time heard that and for time years. and time again. We've proven those folks wrong for years. Absolutely. And
0: they still continue to say it, but that's quite all right. Now we've added Doc along to the podcast to bring his insight and knowledge to it. Genius. Thank Thank you. Genius. So and was, I, and don't put that around lightly. I yeah. don't know. And let's touch on, I went to church at halftime Saturday when the Alabama was up, what, 24, 14, something like that. There they were we up go. by 10 or 7. Yeah. And then I heard, then it was the, like, 49 it was or 42. 21. Yep. 40, 42 to 21. 42 40, after three quarters. And I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then I hit a final score. Was 49 42, Alabama over the Manziels. And Mike Evans. Mike Evans from Galveston Ball. Thanks to uh our friend Jimmy Hicks, RCS Sports. So uh, he played basketball, high school basketball, and Galveston Ball. Yep. yep. Six five big wide receiver who Alabama had no answer for whatsoever. He totally to the 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 deal. you've seen it. And uh but kudos to Alabama, AJ McCarron. He couldn't be stopped. Right. Defense was not at a premium yesterday at College Station in front of hundred thousand people, hundred thousand Aggies. It looks like um Defense is not a part of college football anymore. (laughs) It's high scores. It's it's video game scores. Yeah, it looks like defense is an option.
1: You know, and when you see a game like yesterday. I'm not
0: talking about the option pitch either.
1: When you see a game like that between two top ten teams, Alabama and A&M, and nobody is capable of stopping anybody late in a game, that tells you just how much the game has changed, whether rules-wise uh, in favor of, but offensively, that's the new spread offense that everybody's running now. The speed up, especially the way U of H gets into it, and what A and M is looking to get into, and what Texas Tech did also uh, this week, folks. It's going to be a long while before defenses catch up with with this type, this style of offense because that's seven on seven in high school level during the summer It's pretty much putting these quarterbacks in positions you now to just read and look downfield.
3: Yeah, I think it's something seriously to continue to watch. And kind of uh, study, research, and analyze, because it's obvious that the game seems to have changed, but we want to see if it's just a you know a blip on the radar uh, a couple of weeks or over a couple of years. Is this actually going to be uh, the new trend in terms of what's going forward? And then the second part of it is, is once you decide that this is not just uh, a blip, that is actual functioning, what's taking place, then it's even uh, more important to start figuring out what took place. You know, is it simply the rules changes? Is it the spread offense? Uh is it a combination of the two? Uh and it'll be interesting to find out let which me, component, if not any of those,
0: is taking place. Let me toss this out there for discussion. Is will it will we get to a point where there's so much offense that people will will start complaining because of no defense. Being allowed to be played, no. being allowed to tackle, being so. allowed to I, stop people. I
3: respectfully disagree because I think one of the things that I heard up constantly in the game last night when I was up in Baton Rouge uh, before I got up to travel back to make sure we could do the show on time is that you had a lot of fans that were talking about this is the worst defense they had ever seen at Southern University in terms of the caliber of defenses. and uh, They weren't very happy, and even though they won their game, uh, the chatter on the websites, the chatter in terms of talk radio afterwards and the buzz up there, they were excited they won, but they were quite upset to see a defense that performed like that. And then the other component, it seems that it's weird, is that these offenses, when they click, they click, but because they're not traditional when they don't, they really can let you down in terms of, so you see these highs and lows like never before. I think that really frustrates fans uh, more than ever.
2: Well, the uh,
1: me personally, I like what I'm saying because I want to. I, I want to see how quickly these defensive coordinators adjust to what's going on because it still boils down to what can you do in the fourth quarter to stop your opponent. You know, you've got three quarters to watch it all unfold in front of you. Going at halftime, make a you know you got 15. you has got 30 minutes on the national TV. You almost got a, almost 45, but you got that time and all the not so much the cool guys down, but it's kinda like gather your, yourself together as a staff. uh your players are gonna react at just how you you uh devise them uh to get them the scheme and all the work with starting to, uh, starting the first four to six minutes of the second half just like in basketball, but in the fourth quarter, you definitely need to put a a stop to someone because you know everybody has at least nice. a two a two minute uh a four minute drill. That they're just constantly just boom, 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 boom. You know, no know, no huddle. You know, everybody has that now. But when you see that uh, uh, on a full game, it all boils down to one, depth. Two, are you in shape as a team? And three, can you start when you need to?
3: But you talking about Southern and Prairie View. There was almost 1,400 yards combined between the two teams yesterday. And... uh in the Alabama, Texas A and M game you're talking about over a thousand plus yards. So it'll be interesting to see how long will fans continue to stomach that. And I do understand that offense like excited and like you said as an the individual covering the game where you start to look at it as a tactician. You're right, it really mm-hmm. can get interesting to see all right these defensive mm-hmm. gurus where you at now to find out you know try to catch up with this new offensive scheme, so from that component, I do agree with you, I think it'll be fascinating to continue to see what goes on, but like I said, you do have cases where they get stopped, and so you have these ebbs and flows of these teams uh which I think uh, can be difficult for fans, so I think it's going to be interesting, in particular these fans that really have a love for the team um and why we find it so passionate. There's that history component, and this is where football somewhat follows baseball. It may not be on the data, but it's a history in terms. The quality of your teams and t- uh, you find teams that kind of use what they were in the back. At one time, you know, a and was known as linebacker. You obviously with Penn State, uh, great defenses at Alabama. So, And just three, four years ago, Alabama was known as a defensive unit, and, and they put their hat on that. So it's going to be interesting to see these fans that connect to that history uh how frustrated they get, or would it just be another blipping the radar with them saying, hey, whatever, however my team works, I'm
0: ready to follow. And Part of it may be in college football and the NFL, I was trying so hard, I was trying so much to protect the offense or the players from injury that they may be limiting in defensive guys' minds, limiting what they can do to defend the players.
3: Well, I think you're right. I mean, you had a lot of defensive people that complained about this. Players in particular, and some of the coordinators that talked about that you're narrowing that window where they can hit somebody. And so, one of the people, one of the things that you would hear fans complain about is all these arm tackling. Well, now, if you have to be careful where you hit and and how you hit, that you're going to have a lot more people that do do this arm tackling. And when you got these players that are just physically freaks now that are bigger, stronger, and faster, Respective of their size of the league they play in, they're going to start to even dominate even more. So I I think that is something to continue to watch and is intrigued. At you
1: Penn. just you just hit on the key. Uh, speaking of that, yesterday in the uh, Rice Kansas game, especially the late, Charles Ross was able to manhandle the D, uh, DBs once he got into that second uh, that second line. When you t- when you six one six two and two thirty and you you pumping hard and by the time you hit the, the third or uh, fourth guy, you had a full speed, a speed, uh, uh, full steam. And the only thing on your mind is, is getting either yardage or getting to that touchdown. It's kind of hard to stop when you, you, you're you not quite that big. And this guy I weighed you by at least 40 pounds of muscular weight, not just fat.
3: You said you talk about Evans over there. <laughs>
1: From like Galveston, Kevin, he yeah,
0: was a – 6'5", looked like 6'5", he, 230. He, he's he's he, a huge young man. Yeah, he looked like a beast, and he looked like he
3: played basketball because he was just – He actually did, got a 15-yard penalty one time because he was so egregious and of him and pushing off. He thought he was under the board, but the rest of the time he did it with skill. So uh I know those uh Alabama defensive backs are glad they won, but I'm sure they have a nightmare coming I hope
1: we don't have to see this guy again. You know, the, the other thing you that also would would probably – just allow it to be not so much nationwide. If you, you still got teams? Conferences like the Big Ten, uh, even that act to a certain, a certain extent, uh, and the SEC, where a lot of teams in the conference still believe in the cloud of dust uh, mentality of putting the ball on the ground and running. Now, the, but in the process, I've also noticed a change that's starting to catch up. With even with the spread, the time of possession is almost balanced. When you look, when you look at the end of the game, you know, they see an overbalance of, of the, uh, uh, spread offense having the, the 35 or 40 minutes of possession of the ball, not so much as on the running side because those guys now, they can't run anymore. They got to play catch up. And also, and I think you'll see a lot more
3: trends of these teams that are going into these hostile environments that, uh, it puts them in a better position to get some of these upsets that we've seen, uh, this year in and in the last couple of years because now, In terms of the talent that you would see traditionally with size and power, you can kind of defend it off. Uh, For a lot of people, would be like you talk about in basketball. If you can be quick, run, and be more agile, you may be a smaller team, but if you can run a bigger team in depth, you can be more effective. And so now you see that. I say, all right, I'll spread you out. And so I will delete your ability to overpower me and run with me so those are some things that you want to look at too is maybe the number of upsets in terms of some of your at least some of your marginal programs that are supposed to be what we see as big name programs versus those at a different
0: division or different level all right gentlemen we're kind of midway point of our podcast are you ready let everybody know who you are and then we're going to get into are you ready? Bad mouthing. Are you ready? My second. Are you ready? Favorite. Are you ready? Team in the Texas. Are you ready? <laughs> Let's get to it.
3: I'm Doctor Keniatkaevil. You, <laughs> you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and as well uh, um, Instagram. That's Doctor Keniatkaevil. D R K E N Y A T T A C A V I L. Also write a report uh, that you can get uh, that is released on Monday on the college sporting news. That's the inside the HBCU huddle which comes out with the polls that are released that you hear here first, but you can get the detail in terms of what's on the college sporting news. And I also do a weekly recap on what just took place the weekend before. And then we get in a preview that comes out on Thursdays in terms of what to expect for the weekend ahead. So if you're interested in local teams or HBCUs in general, that's mainly of the SWAC and MEAC. You can obviously follow me there. Also, in terms of the mid-major programs, uh, which are the smaller HBCU programs that play at the Division II and NAI level. You can go to TSPN and get the top 10 for both the major and mid-major division. And just, if you need some information from me directly, send me an email. KKavil, C-A-V-I-L. That's K-C-A-V-I-L, K-C-A-V-I-L at thd-agency.com.
1: I'm at. on Twitter, uh, Blogger, and YouTube as AKSVVCSR. Wildcat. Uh, By the way uh, on on last evening I loaded uh, post game from the uh, Rice-Kansas win from the Rice win over Kansas Um, I talked uh, speaking at post game was Coach Bayless Charles uh, Ross uh, Michael Kutzler I hope I pronounced that correctly and Chris Boswell who kicked a 56 yard field goal to Put Rice ahead late in the game to, uh, for the win. Uh, it's been a good day. It's been a good weekend. We ready for the KG guy so he can get on his topic of the day.
0: No, no, no. Let's, let's, let's piggyback real quick. Since Rice defeated Kansas for a second year in a row, went over the Big 12, Rice played the Cougars this Saturday Oh he's yeah. coming up for the Bay Bucket. Bucket it's coming up. At uh, Reliance Stadium.
1: You all might not hold on to it this it's time.
0: His, uh, kickoff is what, 2.30? this afternoon. Yeah. It's afternoon game at yeah. right? 2.30. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm gonna go or not, if I have, uh, church responsibilities again. But, uh, it wouldn't shock me if Rice wins, wins the game. I think, it's gonna be, a, I think it's gonna be a high-scoring game. I don't think in-team <laughs> yeah. defense is, can stop the other. It, it would be the dream. I, I, although, <laughs> unless the Cougars have made adjustments from their crappy performance versus, uh, Temple when they couldn't score inside the red zone, if the Owls can keep the Cougars nah. from the 20 to the 5 and that score into
1: the field goals yeah, and have a field goal, you can get all the yards you want Yeah. To. Speaking so. of that, do you, do you ask, uh, uh, send that the reason the score was uh, like it was last year or uh, last week between U of H and Temple was the fact that Temple was not, um, not so much, uh, not aggressive. But weren't familiar enough as a team in a game situation to score those kind of uh, putting up points up on the board or enough yardage against your base to make it lo- look like they they understood what they were doing.
0: Temple looked like a team that had was not used to that speed and that of offense that the Cougars play, Right. and that's going to be an advantage the Cougars have in the act this season. But the lack of a fullback and the lack of a tight end killed them in the red zone. You know, when they played Southern in the opener, they were just bigger, they him, more talent than Southern. You know, they could just mash people down, they got to the red zone, they could score inside a 10, 5 yard line. But when they play against bigger teams, or teams as big as they are, the tight end is the quarterback's best friend in the red zone. I, I, I believe that for years. I'm old enough, you know, folks say, we know about football, I know a lot more than people give me credit for it because I ask questions to people who know football. Tight end in the red zone, fullback in the red zone, you play fake it, Titans gonna be open. Yep, You've
1: you got a lot of blocking. got so, a lot of blocking up front. <clears throat> the
0: Cooper need to do a better job of scoring in the red zone, punching it in, and not selling field goals. Yes, Richard Leone is one of the best special uh teams kickers, punters in the, all of college football. But I got tired of seeing him one, two, three kick. You know, seven, eight times in that game. It, it was a win, so that was a good thing. First win in, in the history of the act belongs to my alma mater. But in terms of winning the Bayou Bucket, they're going to have to score more points than uh, 22 points that they did when they went over Temple. And it will not shock me if Rice uh wins the ball game and and takes it back to Bayou Bucket. I will be happy about it. No doubt about it. Because, you know, as a Cougar alum, is one thing. Two sports, when I'm growing up, growing up, this is our times have changed. The two sports, you did not lose to Rice in. Men's basketball and football. Period. It didn't matter what, what it was, that did not happen. My thirties and forties, that's happened a lot more than I'd like to acknowledge. Well, Showed you how things have changed on both sides of, of Main street. street. Yes.
1: Yeah. Now, the, uh, and, and then we'll jump to your, your topic of today. Um, do you think it'll be a, first, do you think it'll be a shootout like it was the last time when Rice did win by you, bucket? Yes. Because
0: I, do, I don't think either defense is very good. I mean, Rice did a good job against Kansas, but Kansas' offense is trash, you know, especially compared to the style of the spread offense that the Cougars are playing. Okay. So I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. You know, when a team may score 40
1: points. Okay. Now, with that, did you, you all notice late in the game when Anna was on their way trying to, to get the score or on their way scoring late, they had this odd formation that you would normally see in a extra uh, PAT? Yeah. Did, It was interesting how they just, how, for whatever reason, Alabama stayed at home and just watched it develop instead of shifting like most teams do when they, when they see a strange lineup in front of them, offensive line, especially that close to the the goal line. I liked that. That, that worked for me. That told me somebody was paying attention. And the last thing I got before we get into the topic of the day, the top 25 is out on the AP side. A&M dropped to number 10, not out of the top 10, as folks were commenting on yesterday and thought it would happen. But that is, as my co-host said, that is the power of the SEC. And right now they have one, two, three, four, five teams in the top 10. Alabama stands at the top. Oregon got one vote. Notre Dame was uh, at number 22. And Arizona State is at 23, and Wisconsin is 24, and Texas Tech, a Big 12, a Big 12 team, is at number 25, dropped out of the top 25, and the AP is TCU and Nebraska. And now KG, you can run with it.
0: Let's talk about that great team on the 40 acres up there in the state capital. I know one of my friends.
1: Are they better than H-P-U? She's,
0: uh She'll be listening to this as soon as I send a link to her. She is a Texas Longhorn alum. She loves her Longhorns. I'm not going to mention her name because she knows who she is. Uh, they played a top 25 team Saturday evening at home in Austin, Old Miss Rebels. The Longhorns were leading at halftime, if I believe If I'm correct, 23 to uh, 17. Correct. Well, unfortunately for the Mac Brown and his football team and Greg Robinson, his new defensive coordinator, football is 60 minutes long rather than 30. <laughs> and old Miss exploded in the third quarter and scored 20 points. And they added seven more in the fourth quarter to beat the Longhorns 44 to 23. And uh, send the Longhorns to one and two. Longhorns have been one and two since Mac Brown's first year as head coach in Austin. It does my heart so good. To discuss the demise of the Longhorn Football Program, especially when I have these wonderful comments from Coach Brown after the game saying to the fans, keep coming to the game, let's beat Kansas State. Forget the coaches, come for the kids. That's real good, Mac. That's a that sounds like the coaching staff has given up on the team already after three ball games. He said that that they have the Big Twelve to play for. Big 12 championship to play for. That's all he has left to play for. That doesn't sound like a coach who he knows he's, his days are numbered. I don't know what he is. This this coming from a man who, heck, last week, saying he didn't he, didn't, he had no plans of retiring. He said he wants to coach till 2020. So his tune has changed already. The report came out I believe Friday that the lost Angeles AD was going to step down at the end of the year. Longhorns already denied that and said that's not true. But this, the source, uh, or the reporter, the reporter who announced the information seems to be very well connected. He's been right on many things before, especially about Big 12 and Longhorns issues. So we'll see if that happens. And the rumor was that, uh, Wildcats friend, Commissioner, uh, the Big 12, Mr. Bob Boldby. Yes. Former, uh, AD at Stanford would take over AD Longhorns and hire, this seems kind of, thing stress to me, but Stanford head coach. Uh, was it was his name? Uh, Shaw. David Shaw. David Shaw. Hold up now. Hold, that, up, hold a, up.
1: Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up.
0: Hold, hold on. up. That'd hold be up. a, a strange hire,
1: Considering what? Considering a few things that you can add right now, sir. All right. First of all, that's been mentioned this week a lot. It was mentioned yesterday a whole lot, especially after, that, as, after what we were seeing in the first half. David Shaw, presumably from what I've been told. He's at his dream job. He's at his album. Correct, correct. And he's happy with where, where he's at. Uh, his name came up the other, uh, this past week in the new hiring of the, uh, AD at, at, uh, at Rice. Uh, Mr. Joe, let me pr- pronounce this correctly. Yeah, good luck. Call guard. There we go. I think that, as I'm hoping that, that that's, that's correct. But Stanford is a place that believes in a balance, and it doesn't matter, and I've heard this from a lot of folks, if you are successful and know how to succeed in that environment, you can stay there for as long as you want to. Think about that now. Dennis Green, if I'm not mistaken, Dennis uh, uh, is a former coach there. Yes, yeah, he Uh, left uh, Winfrey. So uh, Jim Harbaugh. Left Winfrey. So why would Shaw leave his alma mater?
3: See, and, what happened and, and, to Ty
1: Willingham. Ty and Willing, him, yeah. Mm-hmm. And but he I, didn't go broke. No, no, but he went but to he went to the next best thing, which is Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. And he started them on the bank because he built what he was capable of doing, able to do was reinvent the recruiting pipeline, pipeline at Notre Dame, which they had lost for a lot of. For, and he for did a it lot. At Stanford, too. So why would he leave? The other person that's name has been mentioned. Well, um, the,
3: the connection that people are putting out there, and why there is a um, the connection between here, and my main opinion is obviously, remember the commissioner of the 12, Mosby, was the athletic director of Stanford, so they're thinking about the relationship. is kind of where they mm-hmm. add no. Yes. Um, but. No, I'm not saying no, we no. can go back and forth. I'm just saying <laughs> that's in. what's I'll connected. Okay,
1: true. Right.
0: And he, may not, he may not go. And I mean, all of us is just... But let me let me throw this out there. Hey, I devil's advocate. Mean. David Child looks like us. Right?
3: Right, but you also have what's happening across the street at, at Texas A&M, but which people would have thought probably would have happened even far less. The only reason I'm saying is sometimes, and we see this all the time in sports, sometimes the hot trend Correct. Okay. Is, is what captures fire. And so it... If what's going on at Texas A&M is the hot thing of the day, you mean it? The same thing happened uh, ten years ago, uh, fifteen years ago at Oklahoma. In terms of when that right. those two programs went on um, hard times, you seen an African American that was named head coach at Oklahoma State, and quickly after that you had Blake that came on in Oklahoma. A short run for both of them did what they did, but sometimes you see those
0: trends that type the, that fit next down. But,
2: but, but the doc, but is Doc
0: and Wildcat, just point blank. Is this going to come down to the old money or the young money? Because the old money is not going to hire Davis Young.
3: New
1: money tomorrow. Something. Well, New money hired
3: something. Well, I think at the end of the day, what you're going to have to really focus on is, is, is this. Yes, the money has a big power struggle, but you need to go find out who is that key component person with the money. And as those things change, things start to change. We had this same conversation where it came up and did come up with Texas A&M. But people didn't really make that connection of how strong the relationship was, uh, with, um, former head coach of Texas A&M. I can't think of his name. R.C. Slocum. R.C. Slocum. And the relationship obviously there and the relationship he had with the board and that they were ready to make the change. You wouldn't have had any, much of anybody believing that, uh, he had a serious chance of getting that job until it happened. And when it did, I was even still shocked at that, that day and couldn't believe it. So, I think out the outside, yeah, it looks like won't happen. Probably difficult at best to happen. But as those powerful people start to get in the back door and start to talk to each other, you don't know what their real insight is in terms of what they really want for the program and what type of connection. And oftentimes, uh, for other folks, it may be difficult to say this, but it's also how do they feel about the African-American that they're bringing in? Do they feel that he's a safe individual? True. True. And, and once you start making those things, and Shaw, you know, not being disrespectful to him, but he's probably about as safe as you can get in terms of his appearance, his demeanor, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But we're still talking about real life issues. But at the end of the day, it's going to be those big power struggles. It's going to be a relationship of what AD actually comes in. Comes in excuse me. You know, it's subjective. It's going to actually be mostly if he's going to actually take it because. There's some question in terms of the cost. He's making over $2 million. Does the University of Texas want to go in that direction of paying the A.D. $2 million? It's quite a bit past from what they've done in the past. Not they can't afford it, but again, what is direction? You also have the huge question in terms of how is the president, you know, he was supposed to be on his lifeline, but obviously that started changing once Perry, uh, the governor, and the UT people, fought back on Perry's uh, direction of wanting to really get rid of the president uh, in terms of power. So those things are starting. His power's tired of everything going on. Is he ready to make a move? Uh, and it could be on his own volition, and not that he's getting past that on. So those key figures are going to be very interesting in terms of those power brokers and that new money, who's going to really get in and make those decisions. And usually from my experience from researching those political things, it comes back to – not only who's the richest, but who is the most influential in terms of being a change agent. Who can he get with and connect and convince that the next person is the right hire? Because at the end of the day, <laughs> what the Longhorns want is somebody that's going to bring the program back uh to the top.
1: Speaking of that, and we're talking about programs now, does any of that the, the top revenue group, do they stay? I know Coach Austin just got there. But Rick Barnes, Mac Brown, do, even though they don't make a change at the A.D. spot, do those two guys stay past this season?
3: It's going to be very difficult, for in my opinion, for those guys to make it past this season in terms of football, basketball, and baseball. All of them have lost, lost horribly over the year. And usually the nature of that position is when you have a new A.D. come in, he wants to bring or she – usually a he when you talk about this old boy network in terms of fact they want to bring in their own people people that they had a relationship and who they want to hang their hat on it becomes a lot more difficult when those previous coaches have been winning and they're very historic but even if you go look at the research even those guys that have been historic at some point they finally are displaced and how it's done may be a question and stuff like that but with these guys losing it becomes a lot easier to make the decision. So I think maybe one year, uh, but anything past that, I think
0: you're, you're, <laughs> you're playing yourself if you think that's the case. Well, my alum, Longhorn alum friends, they're ready to clean house. I don't know how much money they have part of the young Longhorn group, but they're ready to clean house. So uh, we'll see how things play out. We talk a lot of football here, although I'm a basketball guy. I got a basketball website, com. Not much going on in hoops this week, but that that will change because preseason is about to start. As Wildcat touched on earlier in, in our podcast, he and I will be attending the uh, American uh, Conference Media Day for women's basketball and also men's basketball in Memphis later that same week, and we're also planning to be at the uh, in was it Fort Worth for uh, Come USA's Media Day the previous week for the men's and women's basketball? They're gonna have that in one location. Sixteen teams, thirty-two coaches, men's and women's coaches in the same same area, same facility, talking to uh the media. And that should be a lot of fun. Should be very interesting. So, uh, and if we're at the same place, hotel, uh, we are cramped, baby. If we are cramped. Uh, kudos. I'm keeping track of the Texans here. They were down 24-16. They tied it up, got two-point conversion. Looks like Randy Bullock, the field goal kicker, the place kicker has a chance to redeem himself after missing more field goals today. Um, another 50-plus 50, 50 yarder. We'll see what he does here. I'm watching Twitter. got all my friends and media colleagues tweeting about the game, and he, he's lining up to make the kick. So uh, I'm waiting for the results to find out if Texans improve the 2-0, Despite some, uh, shaky performance thus far in this ball game, but hey, 2-0 is 2-0. I'm still alert. And then the other one As you opposed with to you. my skin, to 0 and two zero 0-2, which really, honestly, I didn't expect Can't Kansas City beat Dallas win, so. today. <laughs> now that made my day. Thank you, Wildcat. Thank you very much. <laughs> I knew yeah. that was going up. So those, You got <laughs> Those two, see, the Longhorns losing, and the Cowboys losing, makes this a great weekend for me. Personally, it is just a great, great day, and, uh, have to throw one more, Go ahead, I have do. to throw Stop. one
3: more in there before we close out in terms of those hardcore HBCU fans out there and those Gramlin Nigers, they call us. Oh so, yes, you got touch on uh, that. Oh definitely, got on that. In terms Was that of interesting? Swack SWAC West Division, I got to get this out of here. Lincoln, Missouri, the NCAA Division II HBCU program out of Missouri played Gramlin State in the Missouri Classic and Lincoln, Missouri won. But Tigers, the Lions, excuse me, of Lincoln, let me get it correct, since they won. Lincoln Lions won 47-34 over the Grand Ole State Tigers, who are 0-3 after Doug uh, has exited the building because he was dismissed from his job earlier this week as well as we talk about uh, things changing around the landscape.
0: And we touched on, because we must be, we must know things, because our last <laughs> podcast touched on Manny as possibly being fired he was let go the next day.
1: No, we before home. we could get going. We could well, yeah. get to the house. <laughs> well, before we could get to the house that's and true. get we get posted now. Let's, let's be real for the, the sun catch <laughs> him coming. He's gone.
0: So once again, folks, we do know what we're talking about here. I'm not bragging. Yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> we I'm, Texas.
2: That's, Texas. that's what we do. What we,
0: I'm proud of what we do. We, we do our research. We do our – we work at this. You know, It's not like we just fall, off, fall out of bed and, and, and just make stuff up. So we do take a time. We thank you very much for listening to the podcast. We appreciate everybody. The podcasts are now on, on SoundCloud dot com. Um they're on the website of HoustonRound dot com. Wildcat has posted uh last week's uh podcast on YouTube so you can see a video of it at, if, you want, if you want to see three handsome black men uh talking sports intelligently, you can do that as well. Um uh, looks like, uh, Randy Bullock missed the field goal after being frozen with a timeout called by the Titans. So it looks like we're going to overtime. Texas Titans 24-24. So I think Randy Bullock is maybe now two for five or two for six in field goals thus far. They'll be looking game. for somebody this yeah. week. Yeah. We, uh, They'll be uh, looking for we'll somebody go. this week. Um so that's not a good thing. Well, well hold up. Looks like they called another timeout. And he missed the field goal, so maybe he has another chance to redeem himself.
3: Oh, he might
2: keep for, it down. I up. think
0: Titans called two times. So we'll see if, uh, he missed the field goal, but it was a timeout, and timeout was called prior to it? the field goal, apparently. So Twitter is kind of, my friends are maybe too excited here, so I'm not really sure what's going on here. Okay, so now finally he did miss the field goal, he hit the left upright. So now we're going to overtime. <laughs> so okay. <laughs>
1: So now we go. Well, so he he didn't get he didn't get the boomerang like the the kid did before. So the, the, yeah. This past I think week.
0: he missed his trial his practice one called the timeout. Got a second chance to do it and he missed it again. So well, He's
3: on record as 2 for 5. So yeah, he's in trouble.
0: Six. So uh Shane Graham I think or whoever will will be they'll be doing some uh, tryouts on Monday afternoon or Tuesday when, on their off day looking for another kicker. So yeah,
3: so if you can kick go ahead and call the
0: Texas. Yeah, please feel free so Gary <laughs> Kubiak will may have to be cutting up a, I, must, uh, I, uh, I hate to be a, this fellow this,
1: Aggie. just pounding on this, but why is it on all levels the kicking game when you need it to 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 win, it it lets you down, and then as a head coach, a special team coach, you get upset, and you're the only two people that's at that fault because you <laughs> you made a decision to not address that during the off season to where you could get somebody consistent. And it's interesting because. Randy Book was a
0: very, very good college kicker for the Aggies. He, he missed last season due to injury. He was on uh, injury reserve for Texans. All, Texans, I think, drafted him. So it's pretty rare you draft a kicker in the NFL. You usually find a free agent. So he has a strong leg, but clearly it's mental for him. I don't know yeah, if it's it's, his technique is, is skewed, but it's mental for him. It's in his head. He, he may have a chance to redeem himself and perhaps save his job if he has a kick game-winning field goal in overtime. But we won't have all that. That should be all our podcast will be over before that game is done. But thank you as always for listening. This is a football podcast. That's quite alright because the rocket season and the NBA is, is coming up. I'm pod. not gonna touch on the Heat sign of Michael Beasley, the pothead, bringing him back, giving him a chance to uh somebody needed to to uh save his career because after the, the Suns were fed up for his arrest and just that's that's a whole other topic of discussion. He's got talent, no question, but Maybe LeBron and, and D, D Wade and the Miami Heat culture can keep him in check and help Michael Beas to turn around his life, then his career. Second, talking about last chance. I hope so because I think he maybe been probably was a, one of the teams, the only teams that would sign him because they're so solid from uh, top down yeah. organization yeah. and court and uh, on player wise as well. Wildcat, anything you want to wrap up the last couple of minutes here?
1: Shaw, two for two, two touchdowns, two ints. That's he, all I'm gonna say. Is he your no, best quarterback? No, no but it is, as we speak about him in our Houston area, that's what we got.
0: Well, now keep in mind, he, he had a great. He let them to come back, come from behind, win over the Chargers on Monday night. So you know, twenty-three it's, it's good of forty-two. You
3: know, you, you twenty-three of forty-two. I can tell you, this is. We studied this in terms of economics. Uh, NFL is one of the best creatures of creating an environment where this will happen, and it creates discussion like this. It allows fans to be happy and allows them to be frustrated. But with that cap that they have in there and the limit, the way they limit the uh, number of people on the team, you'll see these ups and downs from teams and players uh, because they've just created this chaos where they want you to really understand that it, the old saying is true on any given su- Sunday. So this is just purely what the NFL wants. That, uh, you're gonna have some teams that go up and down. And as, as a fan,
0: be prepared for it. Alright, we're gonna wrap it up. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. You can check me out on Twitter at T-H-E-H-R Review. Longhorns play Kansas State and open up the Big 12 on on coming Saturday. So Sunday's podcast might have more fun to discuss if the Longhorns fall to one and three. Oh, looking forward to that as always.
1: Dr. Uh, Snyder's not going to let, not going (laughs) to, not going (laughs) to tell your foot off the gas. I'm Oh, no, we're going to have fun talking about it. Dr. going to be ready to go. we
0: will talk about the Rice U of A, the bucket ball game as well. In conclusion, well, first tell your friends about the podcast. Thank you as always for listening to us. We appreciate it. And uh, if you want to sponsor, many of us we're, were trying to get sponsors for the podcast as well but wrap it up finally in conclusion be true be cool and do more